Welcome to Victory Church Podcast. At Victory, we are committed to connecting people to God, His church and their purpose. For more information, visit victorychurch.net.au. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. Have you ever found yourself exclaiming, Now what? Maybe you're at school or at university and you've just got your fifth assignment of the day. Oh, now what? Maybe you're at work, that deadline is looming and someone just called a surprise meeting on you. Now what? Maybe the kids are being ratty at home and you keep telling them that's stop or someone's going to get hurt. And then you hear that scream. Not that whimper, but that gut-wrenching, Now what? Maybe you've just finished washing your car when that big bird flies over and leaves you a present via airmail. Now what? Recently, I had this happen to me. Two weeks ago, I was sitting in my office on a Tuesday. We'd just had staff meeting. Great meeting. Went really well. I knew I had a busy day ahead of me. I was sitting at my desk. I was knuckling down. Yes. Is your internet working? Oh. Now what? Look. No, it's not, but that's okay. Look, I'll, I'll have a look at it in a sec. It's, it's a router, right? You, you do the IT thing. You switch it off. You switch it back on again. It'll be fixed. It'll be fine. So I go and do that. Didn't fix the problem. Hmm. Now what? All right. Let me have a look at my internet provider, and let's see if there are any outages in our area. Do you know what? There was an outage in our area. Oh, great. What am I meant to do? Let, let's have a look here. So it's Tuesday, it's about midday. Estimated time to be reconnected. Thursday. <laughs> now what? Come on. We've got two businesses on site, 15 employees. Our phone system is connected now through the NBN. So not only no internet, but no phone, either incoming or outgoing. Now what? Thursday? We can't wait till Thursday. So I grab my mobile, I ring our internet provider. 40 minutes, four different departments, and I get told, I'm sorry, Mr. Bennett, I'm going to have to escalate the problem. Escalate? Oh, I'm about to show you escalate. Don't worry about that. Fine, call me back. Off the phone from the internet provider, on the phone to our IT techs. Hey, we've got no internet, no phone. That means no email coming in or out. They're saying till Thursday. If that's true, does that mean we're going to have, does that mean we're going to lose stuff? Yes, probably. 
Great, now what? Well, we could do this or we could do that or we could do this alternate solution and we could try. Look, it's not going to be good, but it might get you through. Do it. Whatever we got to do, do it. Our internet provider calls me back. Ah, oh, Mr. Bennett, oh, well, we've been able to resolve your issue. Oh, fantastic. Great. Yes, we have internet. Woohoo! Phone system's still not working. Now what? Back on the phone to the IT techs. Oh, right, yeah, no, nah, it's probably your router just needs to be rebuilt. Da 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 da. Done. A day lost, but done. You see, this now what response usually happens when we've got our own agenda. When we're full, we're busy with our own schedule, and then something else breaks in that demands our attention. Let's be honest with ourselves. Do you know what? Some of us could be feeling this way after Vision Sunday this morning. We've got our own agenda, we've got our own thoughts, we've got our own plans. And then vision gets shared. Vision that demands a response. A response that may mean more time on our behalf. Might mean more finance. It might mean more resource. And we can find ourselves inside exclaiming, now what? To the very vision that God is giving this house. So what do you do when that wells up inside of us. Well, you have two options. And the reality is, is that they're the same two options that I had when our internet provider went, our internet service went down. You can either be passive. Oh, well, they say it's not going to be up till Thursday. Bad luck, everyone. Oh, well, twiddle your thumbs around for a couple of days and... Sorry. It's okay, just pretend it's not going to be frustrating. Um, it's going to be frustrating. Your other option is, is that you get active. That you adjust, that you incorporate, that you make changes. So that we see the result that we want to see. Tonight, we're going to have a look at how we can be active so that we can see the vision that was proclaimed this morning fulfilled. And I'd love it if you would turn with me to Genesis 11, and we're going to have a look at verses 1 to 9. At one time, all the people of the world spoke the same language and used the same words. As the people migrated to the east, they found a plain in the land of Babylonia and settled there. They began saying to each other, let's make bricks and harden them with fire. In this region, bricks were used instead of stone, and tar was used for mortar. Then they said, come, let's build a great city for ourselves, with a tower that reaches into the sky. This will make us famous and keep us from being scattered all over the world. But the Lord came down to look at the city and the tower the people were building. Look, he said, 
the people are united and they all speak the same language. After this, nothing they set out to do will be impossible for them. Come, let's go down and confuse the people with different languages, then they won't be able to understand each other. In that way, the Lord scattered them all over the world and they stopped building the city. That is why the city is called Babel, because that is where the Lord confused the people with different languages. In this way, he scattered them all over the world. Let's give you a little bit of context here. This portion of scripture happened some hundred years, a bit over a hundred years, after Noah's Ark. So the people, the earth is being repopulated, the people are spreading out. It's an account of how the various languages and people groups came about. And it's interesting because a lot of people would say, you know what, this is just a myth. It's just a story. Don't put any account into it. But it can't be disproved. It's an account of how people united around a vision. But it wasn't God's vision. How do we know it wasn't God's vision? The people said it themselves in verse 4. This will make us famous and keep us from being scattered all over the world. And yet Genesis 1.28, God himself said to Adam and Eve in the garden, then God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and govern it, reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the air, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. You see, the Hebrew people were united but they were united in their pride. They were united in their error. They were united in their disobedience. And yet, even though they were united around those things, God still said, there's nothing they can't achieve. In my remaining time tonight, I just want to talk quickly about three things that we can learn from this passage of Scripture that will help us to unite around the godly vision that was brought this morning and also we'll see that vision succeed. The first thing I get out of the story from the Hebrew people was that they all did one piece. Let me ask you a question. From the story that we just read, who made the bricks? See, Scripture's quite clear. It says, let's, let us make the bricks. Now, I don't know how many professional brick makers were around at the time, but it wasn't just left to the professionals. Let us make the bricks. Everyone got involved in making the bricks. Everyone rolled up their sleeves, got their hands dirty, and made bricks. Now, context, think about what those bricks were made out of and how they were made. Handmade, out of clay, straw or grasses, and animal dung. That's what made those bricks. And everyone hand 
made. Bricks. That means that there's got to be variations. There have to be variations in size, right? Some would be longer, shorter, thicker, wider. Because they were handmade. There'd be differences in composition. Some would have more clay than dung. Some would have more dung than clay. (laughs) But when you hand make it, that's just part of what happens. There would have been differences in quantity. Some people would have just been able to make more bricks than others. And yet everyone made bricks. Regardless of the variations, the bricks were used because everyone's contribution counts. You see, this morning when we were talking about Vision Sunday and we were talking about some of the things that we want to achieve this year, we need to remember that, you know what, the vision that we have is bigger than one person. The the vision that we have is bigger than one couple. It's bigger than the staff. It's bigger than our leadership team. The only way we're going to fulfill this vision is if for everyone take their one piece, for everyone to bring their bricks together, and together it will form what God wants to build here. You see, as a pastor, I often get asked, what's God's will for my life? It's not glamorous, it's not sexy, but God's will is make bricks. Bring your gift. How can I help the local house and add your bricks along with everyone else's bricks and build the house that's here? You see, we're not all required to carry the same thing, but we are all required to carry something. And what can you bring that's going to build the vision that we were talking about this morning. In fact, I'd go a step further than that. Whatever you think you can bring, add faith to that. Because if we bring everything in the natural, we're going to get a natural result. But if we add God's supernatural to what we can do, then we're going to end up with a supernatural result. You know what? For some people, you might be sitting here tonight going, oh, but Ashley, I'm so busy. I don't even have five minutes. Really? Five. Five. Because if all you can offer is five minutes, you know what? I'm sure we can find something that you can do in that five minutes that's going to bring that brick to build into God's house. If God never says anything more specific to you, diligently bring your brick. Diligently bring your gift and allow it to be built into the house. The second thing that I see from the Hebrew people is that they had one heart. See, in verse 1, It says, at one time, all the people of the world spoke the same language and used the same words. Have you ever stopped there to go, what's the difference? What's the difference between same language and same words? Now, as I get older, 
I'm finding that my hearing is going. My wife, my wife would say, no, it's gone. But I watch some people around my age and all of a sudden the glasses start coming out or you know, something. My eyesight's fine. It's just my hearing that's gone. And to be honest with you, it's almost worse because if I was wearing glasses, at least there'd be an obvious sign that I struggle in an area. But because it's my hearing, I find myself trying to incline an ear to a conversation, which looks really odd because it means I'm not keeping eye contact and you're talking into my ear, but I apologise if I've done that to you. It's the only way I can hear nowadays. I find it really hard when I'm communicating with someone with a thick accent. We might be speaking the same language, but it's very easy for miscommunication to happen. And as difficult as that is, you know what's even worse? When you're in a conversation with someone and you're using a word, but each person attaches a different meaning to that word. Because you can be talking to someone and both of you can walk away going, you know what? I'm clear about what happened. And both people walk away with a different understanding of what happened. My son, our son, Riley, is a classic at doing this. Riley is eight. He's our third child. He is our last child. (laughs) I don't care what anyone else says. Riley is our last child. Any other last children out there? Being the last child, it means that he has been babied by his older two siblings. They used to get frustrated with him not being able to do things fast enough, so they would do it for him. And now he's eight, he's gotten into the habit of, I don't have to do it, because my older two siblings will do it for me. Only the older two siblings won't do it for them anymore. And so because he's been babied, the older two are now frustrated because he won't do things for himself, even though they actually caused that problem (laughs) earlier on. Riley is our random child. (laughs) If you have ever had a conversation with Riley, you walk away going, whoa, hey, Riley, would you like to do this? Hmm, probably yes. Really? Yes or no? (laughs) He has this habit of walking into our lounge room at home, making a statement, and just walking straight back out again. (laughs) Okay. About a month ago, quite literally, Kathy and I sitting on the couch, Riley walks in, throws his arms wide and says, I'm a psychopath. (laughs) Folded his arms, walked straight back out again. I look at Kathy, who's trying to hold back her water, you know, it's almost sprayed out all over the floor. Kathy and I are like, what? That's your child. 
We're speaking the same language. We're just not using the same words. I don't know where he got the word psychopath from. But I sat down with him afterwards and I said, okay, so you said psychopath. What do you mean by psychopath? Oh, it means weirdo. And I'm thinking like that makes it any better. I'm a weirdo. And by weirdo, what he actually means is, I'm feeling a bit crazy. I'm feeling a bit agitated. I want to get out there. I want to do something. The context of his words were different to what we understood. You see, when it comes to vision and unity, Having the same language and the same words is really important. It may be cute in an eight-year-old. I'm a psychopath. It's not cute in a 25-year-old. I'm a psychopath. <laughs> Having the same language and the same words is really important. How do you get the same language? Well, you know what? One way is to force yourself to change your speech. Sometimes you just have to catch yourself when you say that word. Just stop yourself and go, okay, substitute it with the right one. That's what I mean. Sometimes that's needed. Sometimes, however, it's just a symptom of a bigger problem. And the bigger problem is our heart. You see, in Luke 6.45, it says, A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart. And an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. What you say flows from what is in your heart. You see, sometimes it's not just a matter that we need to change our speech. Sometimes we need to change our believing. And let our believing change our speech. The vision that was cast this morning, it isn't Tony's vision. It isn't this church's vision. It's God's vision. Downloaded directly through the Holy Spirit. If we're going to have the same speech, we need to have the same heart. We need to align our hearts in the direction that God has given us. It's our responsibility to treat this vision as the precious revelation of God himself that he wants to outwork in our midst. The Hebrew people were of one heart. They saw the same. They spoke the same. They had the same attitude. And even though they were united around their pride and disobedience, God said there's nothing that can stop them from what they're doing. How much more if we unite around the godly vision that was given today with one heart and one speech, then nothing will be impossible for us. The third thing that I see from this passage of Scripture as my helpers come up on stage is that the Hebrew people 
were in one direction. See, I've been in many vision meetings before. I've been in vision meetings at different workplaces that I've been in. I've been in vision meetings in other churches that I was involved in previously. And I see four different responses to vision. The first response I have seen is scatter. The vision is cast. Everyone's loving what's going on. We're all hyped up. We're all ready to go. We're going to go through a troop. We're going to scale a wall. And what it really looks like is, have you ever lived through a mouse plague and you rip up a sheet of corrugated iron off the ground and you watch the mice just go everywhere? I've seen vision meetings like that. Everyone grabs their piece of the vision and then just runs in all kinds of different directions. And it's not effective at all. You see, what we need is alignment. But then I've been in other vision meetings where we've got alignment, but it looks more like this. We've got people who have grabbed a portion of the vision and now they're ready to fight for their portion. See, these people over here, they've got a bit of the vision and they want to see their bit fulfilled, but then so do these guys over here. And all we end up with is a war that ends up going nowhere. I've got to be honest. I've not seen either of these first two scenarios at Victory. And I'm really thankful to our senior leaders, Pastors Tone and Kath, are being able to keep the vision on track so that we can see it fulfilled. What concerns me more is this next scenario. Because what I have seen when it comes to vision is some people want to move the vision forward. But they're stopped by this anchor holding at the other end. Now, it's not that the anchor really wants to stop vision. But at the same time, it's really hard for these two guys to overcome these six. What might be here? It might be cynicism. I've heard that before. I don't need to get... We'll see. You know what it does? It forms an anchor. It might be preference. You know what? I like what we've always done. I don't want to change. And it forms an anchor. It might be fear. Oh, I don't know. We've not done this before. What if it all goes wrong? And it forms an anchor. Can I encourage us today? If you're feeling one of those responses, that's okay. But can I encourage you? Don't stay there. Because that response is coming out of our flesh. Not out of the Spirit of God calling us forward. You see, the response 
to this morning's vision message needs to look more like this. You see, when we hear vision, what we should be doing is getting around one another. Because together as a group, we can all move forward and see the vision fulfilled. Whatever your response is, it's okay, it's your response. But let's move beyond that. Let's focus on what God is actually calling us to achieve in this place. And let's not be that anchor. Let's move as a group. Because that's what we see the Hebrew people doing at the Tower of Babel. All of them got behind the vision. All of them made bricks. And all of them would have seen that come to fruition apart from it being ungodly in the first place. In conclusion tonight, as the band is getting ready, vision has been cast. It's God's vision communicated through Tony and the team. There's weight attached to that vision. It's not taken lightly when we stand up here and we say, hey, this is what we're going to do. And it's not taken lightly because regardless of what we say, at the end of the day, if we as a church form an anchor, the vision is not going to come to pass. However, if we will all pick up our one piece and in one heart move in one direction, we'll see the vision fulfilled. If all of us individually do what God is calling us to do, then we will achieve corporately what God is calling us to achieve. Let me say it again. If we all do individually what God is calling us to do, then we will all see, or we will all achieve corporately what God is wanting us to achieve. Now is not the time to sit back. Now is not the time to, to adopt the, well, we'll just wait and see. Now is the time to roll up our sleeves and make bricks together. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If you have any questions, please email us at admin at victorychurch.net.au. 